0: Filling in for Arthur Idalla today is executive producer of the Arthur Idalla Power Hour, Joan Pelzer.
2: And it is a beautiful Thursday evening. It is not Arthur Idala, as you can hear. It's Joni Pelzer sitting in Arthur's big chair or little chair in the 111 Broadway Studio across from the great Sam Bellino.
3: It's nice to see you, Joan.
2: And that voice, every time I hear you do the promo. Remember, you used to do the hemp Leaf promo <laughs> with yes, your little uh, twing over there. <laughs> Arthur used to tease you. I keep thinking of him teasing you every time. Well, it is an honor tonight. You know who we have next to me right now?
0: I do see the Depp damp- in person. Man over there.
2: In studio at 111 Broadway is the chief of transit of the NYPD, Chief Michael Camper. Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Welcome to the show again.
3: Joan, good afternoon, Mac, good afternoon. good afternoon. And we got
2: rid of Arthur for the week so that you could come and sit in his chair and my chair. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid, Arthur.
2: Well, I think, you know what, not quite yet, but it's almost one year That you will be celebrating being Chief of Transit. Yeah, you know what? We're going to celebrate early. We're going to celebrate the whole rest of this month and next month for you because it's almost one year.
3: Yeah, the end of the month, I I was uh, told I'm going to be the Chief of Transit, and, you know, uh, I didn't even think of that. And and just uh, what a year. What a year. Uh, Yeah, what a year it's been. My God. How were you told? Uh, I got a phone call. I was at a, I was actually on stage at an event. I was the, uh, borough commander for Brooklyn South. And, um, the person that uh, works with me, my driver, uh, it was holding my phone and, uh, he says, uh, the police commissioner is on the phone. Whoa. And,
2: uh, Did you think you were in trouble? No, no, I, I didn't
3: know what it was, to be quite honest with you. I didn't know what the call was for. It's not, it's not common, it's not unusual for the police commissioner to call a borough commander, and, uh, he told her I was on stage, she said, have him call me, uh, when, uh, when he gets off stage, and, uh, I called Commissioner Sewell, and, uh, that's how I found out. She told me the to good wow. news.
2: Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to celebrate you all month. Um We have some headlines that just—I have to just mention because Arthur always likes to go for the news of the day. There's been shoplifting increases, and we're apparently the shoplifting capital of the world here in New York. And I know that's not in the transit system. No. That's completely different. But we're going to get someone no, on at we, some point to talk about shoplifting. We, we have enough going on. We it's, don't need shoplifting. It's kind of crazy. We it. do also know that um, that Ivanka Trump testified, and last night. Happened to be the Republican debate again. Did you watch it?
3: I did not. I did I was, not watch I was, it. I was, I was, I don't even know what time it was on. I was working, uh, late last night. Till, yeah. till late. Tell yeah, me I'm sure you late. were.
2: Yeah, I was. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. You were working 24-7. I don't know how you get to turn off. Matt, did you watch the debate?
0: I did watch a little bit of it, yeah. and we actually did carry it last night yes. here on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, the usual mudslinging. The usual, the usual. The usual but mudslinging. But there were, there
2: were one, one or two incidents happened, and you mentioned it to me earlier today. There was an incident with Nikki Haley. They were bringing up her daughter being on TikTok. Yeah. Which, you know, let's let's kind of keep it clean. You kind of want
0: to keep family in out the beginning, of it. Yeah. I know you're running to be They're elected all seeming to, be the to leader, yeah. but, but it was a
2: little bit more, I heard, it was a little bit more uh, professional than it had been in the past.
0: Well, aside from the name calling, yeah, yeah. it is was a little more <laughs> professional, but I
2: mean... And Trump hosted his own rally somewhere nearby.
0: Yeah, he couldn't yeah. keep quiet during the the, 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 the the debate. He kept emailing out newsletters, uh, yeah, yeah. giving his opinion on matters. So uh, he's yeah, still
2: yeah, trying yeah. to stay relevant. Well, let's stay local to New York. We've got enough going on in the news and other stations cover it. So we're going to stay local to the news. I do have to bring up one thing with Chief, Chief uh, Kemper. There was an incident in the subway, and a vigilante was arrested. Can you, are you allowed, can you speak to that a little? I know there's a lot of news. I know it's an open case. Yeah. Can you give me just a one-minute update on what's going on with that? And
3: what I think you were going to ask me Of about course, that. I have to. I didn't think you heard
2: about that. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, well, I, I, it's all over the news, unfortunately. I,
3: right, and, and a lot of it's been publicized, but, uh, you know, certainly I can't talk about the intimate details of this case, yes. but what I can tell you is... Uh, this was uh, an incident that occurred Tuesday evening in Manhattan at the uh, 49th and uh, 7th Avenue station. Um, it starts with a, a 40-year-old female walking into the train station, uh, and she's about to approach that turnstile area, and there's a, a, a man uh, holding the uh, the gate open, uh, and he asked her for a dollar to be mm. left. There is nothing, uh, nothing uh, unusual, nothing highly unusual. No, I, I mean, I've seen it's that illegal. Before. We call them swipers, or yeah. you know, uh, yes. she uh, refused. He he uh, yelled at her. He he demanded the uh, the dollar from her. She refused, and she started walking away from him. Uh, and he says, if you don't give me the dollar, I'm going to take your pocketbook. Uh-huh. And as this was going on, is an uninvolved uh, gentleman on the platform uh... who uh... Um, intervened if you will uh... and uh... he 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 saw and heard what was going on and uh... You know, and he takes a gun out of his uh, backpack and uh, he fires at least one or two uh, shots. Wow. Fortunately, not, not hitting anyone. Yeah.
2: That's so,
3: pretty scary. That's and, Midtown. Yeah, listen, and uh, this obviously highly unusual incident. We had the, an image of the person that shot uh, the, the gun almost immediately. He was arrested yesterday by detectives. Uh, and that individual swiper, if you will, that started this whole thing by asking for the dollar, he was arrested immediately on the scene mm-hmm. uh, and charged with attempted robbery.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad you got him. Thank you. Thank you for NYPD Transit for keeping us safe. Seriously. And I know you'll give us updates when you have further updates on this situation. Absolutely. I'm sure it's going to be an evolving story. So I know we have some great guests thanks to you today. We will have the new Deputy Commissioner of Intelligence and Counterterrorism for NYPD, Rebecca Ullman Weiner. Then we're going to have the Assistant Commissioner, brand new role he was just promoted, to Assistant Commissioner Kaz Daughtry. He's also Chief of Staff to Jeffrey Madry, who's Chief of Department. And we're going to end it with Lieutenant Pappas, who is about to retire. He is the Canine Commanding Officer, NYPD Transit Bureau Canine Unit.
3: Yeah. But this
2: segment is focused on you, Uh, Chief uh, Kemper. I know. It's almost a year. So uh, what would you say? Have you had a best and worst day this past year? um
3: here's what I can say I'm doing this job for 32 years and uh, again I think uh uh, Your you listeners need to hear all operational uh, in, in patrol precincts. I was precinct commander uh, for a couple of precincts, borough commander. I was in a detective bureau. I had uh, I was the commander of two detective boroughs. I was the patrol borough commander for Brooklyn South. I was the executive officer of uh, uh, the entire detective bureau. But wow. when I got this job, you know, I uh, I had it 31 years on. Yeah, I never worked a day in transit. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and listen, obviously I had my My own. My
2: uncle's retired transit.
3: Yeah, listen, I had my own thoughts and beliefs about transit, and I'll keep them to myself prior to be assigned uh, to transit. And this year was a a real eye-opener for me. Um, I cannot tell you how wrong I was. Uh, Much, much, much respect to the the cops, the men and women of the uh, Transit Bureau. Uh, difficult, difficult, difficult uh, job that they have. Extremely dangerous, uh, yet they do it uh, amazing. I can't begin to tell you all the good work, and I am their biggest fan. And thank you, and thank you to uh, Arthur for allowing me to tell their story every now and then.
2: Okay, so Chief, what's a day in your life like?
3: My God, uh, I I don't think we have enough time right now to go through a day in my life, but okay, yeah, but so I can next say, time it
2: starts early, it ends late, and it's <laughs> it's uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, there we go. So Sam Bellino, we've got an exciting show today. We We've got a lot of NYPD. And thank you all for your service, NYPD. And it's going to be Veterans Day tomorrow. So let's get ready for a great show.
4: This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at Infucare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfucareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida.
1: CIDP, which is the acronym for Chronic Inflammatory Demyelinating Polyradiculoneuropathy, is an autoimmune disease in which our own immune system creates antibodies that target and attacks the nerve's outer covering, called myelin. Damage to this protective covering causes interruption in nerve signal, leading to nerve dysfunction. When the nerves do not work well, we call that neuropathy. CIDP is one of many types
4: of neuropathies. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuKRx, and the information comments or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfoCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance.
5: Attention all patriots. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition? You're invited to journey with me on the Patriots Alaska Cruise June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping today. This experience is more than a vacation. It's a chance to participate in profound discussions and spirited debates with like-minded patriots. Patriots. 7 action-packed days. will explore new ideas and chart to a course toward a bright American future, all while surrounded by the raw majesty of Alaska's natural wonders. You'll experience powerful creation as you're immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Let's count together as patriots in this amazing landscape. Mark your calendar, June 29th to July 6th, 2024. Learn more and secure your spot on this once-in-a-lifetime adventure by calling... or book online at patriotsalaskacruise.com.
6: This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the
5: next Reaching Out, Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz.
2: In New York City, murder has gone down 11%. In Queens County, it's gone down 58%. I think there's something to be said for making sure that the gangs understand that it's not happening here in Queens County. And if it does, they'll be held accountable. It's
1: Saturday at 2 p.m. with an encore at 9. 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Lots of
0: channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.
7: Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 238-6500 with offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors & Sullivan today 718-238-6500 That's 718-238-6500 and trust me folks after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM 970
0: The Answer on Alexa, Tune iHeart or Odyssey.com.
2: Back from our break, I am sitting next to the most amazing chief of transit, Mr. Michael Kemper. Jones, Jones, I'm <laughs>
3: such a charmer.
2: It's an honor to have you sitting next to me, and you are the reason that we have this next guest. In fact, you're the reason we have this whole show today. You helped me put this show together. We really wanted to spotlight the NYPD today and various departments, and it is such an honor to have this next guest. This next guest is is the first woman to serve in her role in the capacity in the police department in its 178-year history. Her name is Rebecca Ullman Weiner. She is the Deputy Commissioner of Intelligence and Counterterrorism for the New York City Police Department. It is such an honor to welcome you to the show, Commissioner Weiner. Thank
8: you so much, Joan. It is my great honor to be here alongside my. Wonderful colleague. (laughs) (laughs) It's a love fest
2: here today. Anytime Chief Kemper comes on, we are just so grateful because he shares information that we don't always get every day from the news or from when we see on the streets. And I'm sitting right next to my Metro card. so fully supportive of the transit system.
3: <laughs> <So> you got to <laughs> update yourself and get the uh I get do. the, phone. the, the omni. omni
2: I know I do. So um per, uh, commissioner Weiner you just took the reins this summer. That is a huge responsibility. What have been your biggest issues and have they changed at all since this Israel Hamas war? We're just going to jump right in.
8: <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. Um well I you know I, I took the reins of the bureau over the summer, I've worked in the Bureau uh, in various capacities for the last 17 years. So much of it is quite familiar. Uh, what is new is that the world continually changes and sometimes throws us curveballs. And, you know, the horrific attacks on October 7th were one such event. Uh, we've developed counterterrorism and intel capabilities over several decades up to before 9-11 and then subsequent to 9-11. And there have been these moments in New York's history where our threat has waxed and where it has waned. And unfortunately, the last few weeks for the world have shown how important counterterrorism is as an enterprise and how important the tools that we've amassed are and how much we need to really focus on keeping this city safe from terrorism. So that's been a huge priority, not just for our bureau but for the department over the last several weeks.
2: Yeah, you literally jumped in at, at a critical time in New York history.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And,
3: and, and Rebecca, I just got to thank you. And, and uh, I was telling uh, Joan before we were, before we went on on air that I've gotten to know you uh, over time and. You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate and, and blessed. I get, I get to uh, see uh, Commissioner Weiner and speak to her often, uh, you know, oftentimes at high-level department uh, meetings. And i, and I got to say, wow, uh, Rebecca, you're wicked smart. Uh, you're extremely passionate, and you're, you're totally committed to your job. And uh, Joan and anyone listening, uh, this is coming from a life, uh, lifelong New Yorker. Uh, we are extremely fortunate to have uh, Commissioner Weiner in this role, and I can say that with with certainty. Well,
2: and I read your New York Times, the whole article that was written about you, your background, your family, your uh, grandfather, a mathematician who had fled from Poland. I mean, you, you have quite a history, and I know you did talk about your grandparents and what they meant to you. How does your history affect your job on a day-to-day basis?
8: Well, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you to both of you, and thank you to Chief Kempurn. One of the things that's been so humbling and fulfilling about working in the department over the last 17 years is having the opportunity... To work with people and I don't want this to just sound like a sales pitch for the NYPD but I am an outsider I'm an outsider to New York I come from New Mexico um, for reasons that we'll talk about in, in a minute because it answers your question Joan I'm an outsider to law enforcement I'm the first person in my family to be working in this world uh, so I have been so astonished over the last 17 years by the people that I've gotten a chance to work with. And all of those wonderful things that you said about me, to Chief comfort, I throw right back at you. Um, This place is full of such smart, creative ingenuity and um, a real entrepreneurial focus on getting the job done. And the city is super lucky. Um, And we need to be this way because the city is complicated and we're dealing with a wide array of issues daily issues, extraordinary issues everything in between Um, I came to this department in part because of 9-11, I was living in Paris, I had just moved from New York on 9-11 and like so many people who joined the counterterrorism enterprise whether it's at the federal level or local like uh, I did with NYPD Joined because I wanted to do something in the counterterrorism realm, inspired by um, the the aftermath of, of that horrible day. Uh, I also came to national security via my family. As you mentioned, my grandfather worked on the Manhattan Project and then stayed and uh, worked on the development of the hydrogen bomb as well. and you know, he applied his scientific expertise to national security in a way that I found really compelling as a young woman. And the issues of our day are, of course, different than his. But when I think about what's happening around the world, you know, we forever said never forget as it relates to nine eleven. Absolutely
2: never forget, yes.
8: And that's a really important thing we have to Double down on um, the issues that are happening around the world. Just remind us of the legacies of so many of our family members and what they fled and why. So we we come to this through legacy and real commitment to mission here. So wait. and we.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. And, and we are a local, New York NYPD is local, it's local law enforcement, but you did bring up um, having lived abroad and coming back. So how does local NYPD respond when there is something going on overseas? Because that 9-11 was local, but there are so many things like the Israel-Hamas war that are going on overseas that are actually making us stop and think and double down here.
8: No, that's that's such a good question. I think one of the key insights of this program is applying global to local. And we try to protect this city with as wide a perimeter around it as we possibly can. And what I mean by that is you know, we look really carefully and closely at events happening overseas and ask what we like to call the New York question. What would this attack look like? What would this trend look like? What would this war really look like um, if it were to happen in New York? And how can we better protect our own resources as a city based on what we're seeing overseas? In the context of Israel and Gaza, we have a liaison officer, one of 14 officers that we have posted around the world, who has been feeding us real-time information about what's going on on the ground. And that's been invaluable as we think about all the resources collectively as a department that we are deploying around the city when threats spike up. And just to help reassure people that all the terrible things that they're seeing around the world, um, you know, it's a very different landscape here in the city. But that said, we're going to be deploying our officers. We're going to be hardening any potential soft targets around the city best we can. Rebecca, so we take-
3: yes. I got to jump in because I, I, I got to ask a couple of questions. And, and uh, what you're saying it makes so much sense. But. To the listeners, what what would be the greatest threat to New York City right now,
8: in your opinion? Yeah, and and there's a number, and I think the greatest threat. It's going to be a slightly um, unorthodox thing that I will say, but you know, it's it's not going to be a particular incident or a particular tactic or a particular event. I think one of the greatest threats that we face as a city. Is letting the polarization and the divisiveness of what's happening around the world and across the country um, undermine the spirit of unity and solidarity that we have as our city. So, of course, we're looking for the lone actor threat, right? The homegrown violent extremist um, who might be mobilizing toward violence based on what's happening overseas or domestic violent extremism, you know. I mean, kind of like what happened up in Buffalo. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, active shooter events like in Buffalo or in Christchurch, New Zealand, or a coordinated attack like yeah. we saw back in 2015 in Paris. Um, yeah. That kind of externally directed or enabled plot. Uh, those are the kind of bread and butter of what we look at from an intelligence
3: perspective. Rebecca, we're, right we're running out of time. And um, uh, you know I, I got to say he talk, wants more time to talk I, I about say, himself I doesn't gotta, he doesn't he no, Commissioner? I <laughs> have a question and I need to know so you talk about Rebecca's job cha- you talk about a challenging and critically important job especially with all going on around the world in Yeah New I York don't City. know
2: I don't know how you handle it or sleep at night Commissioner Winer. what keeps you up at night Yeah Yeah that's a good
8: one uh, Very little I sleep very well <laughs> Really <laughs> Because I know that we have an amazing team of people like Chief Comper who are out there and like everyone who works. Um, he doesn't yeah, sleep. Right. We know he doesn't yeah. sleep. He Rebecca, does Rebecca say that again. <laughs> people, like our chief.
2: No, <laughs> He's on the show.
8: No. Um, yeah, we, we always worry we miss something. Um, we're looking for needles and haystacks. We do everything we can to find them, and we have an amazing team that helps us.
2: And you are part of that amazing team, and congratulations on your position. It is such an honor to be able to talk with you today, and I really hope that you'll say yes and come on the show again for a longer interview.
8: I would be delighted to. This is you Deputy Secretary
2: Commissioner of-, of Intelligence Counterterrorism for New York City NYPD, Rebecca Ullman-Weiner. Thank you so much for joining the Arthur Adela Power Hour. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you.
9: (laughs) Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight on Legal Night, it's Professor Alan Dershowitz as we break down Israel, the Trump trials, and other top legal stories of the day. That's Legal Night tonight on Radio Night Live.
0: more AM 970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone app store or Google Play store and search AM
6: 970 The Answer. I want to tell you guys about Relief Factor. Let's talk uh, about a testimony that I was reading earlier, uh, Leah from Ohio. She says, one Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch. And it's so much pain that she literally was in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. In just eight days, she found relief. And she continued to get better and better. She said in her quote, I truly am amazed at this product. Anyway, I want you guys to go and give Relief Factor a try. Get started with the three-week quick start for the low price, discounted price of nineteen ninety-five. And I'm telling you guys, it's worth the money. If you're in pain, your back hurt, your neck hurt, you got inflammation overtaking you, taking over your life, nineteen dollars to fix it is a no brainer. Go to relieffactor.com or call the number one eight hundred for relief. That's one eight hundred the number four relief.
10: and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna & Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idola, Bertuna & Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idola, Bertuna & Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Hi, it's Arthur Idala.
7: I've been talking about the
10: court reporting program at Plaza
7: College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu.
1: Listen to us online at
7: am970theanswer.com.
0: Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala, and the Arthur Idala Power Hour.
2: This is not Arthur Iddala. This is his executive producer, Joni Pelzer. I've taken over the chair. We're downtown in the studio for a change. Thank
5: you for spilling
0: water in my studio. I spilled
2: water all over my studio. I can't help it. I'm a mess. I've got a lot of paperwork. I've got a lot of newspapers here, and I've got the most amazing human being sitting right next to me. He's a little dressed down today. He's not quite in his his big fancy uniform. He's more in like the the coat. I got the uniform. The coat with his stars on and and all that. No. I love the way it looks with your jacket. You got to have the jacket in the transit system, right? Absolutely. So we've got with us, we've got some special treats today. So as you heard, we have Chief Michael Kemper. He's Chief of NYPD Transit. He is in the house with me, sitting right next to me, and he has put together quite an amazing show for us today. You just heard from our Deputy Commissioner of Intelligence and Counterterrorism, Rebecca Weiner, and now we have the honor of someone that just got a new promotion and. I'm so delighted to welcome to the show for the first time Assistant Commissioner and Chief of Staff to the Chief of Department, Kaz Daughtry. Welcome to the show, Kaz Daughtry. Hey, thank you so much. And for might I now me. say, Commissioner Daughtry?
4: You can call me whatever you like.
2: There we go. And I understand you have someone that that may want to jump in here and again, uh, sitting next to you.
4: The, uh, this, the the person sitting to my immediate right needs no introduction. He is the uh, chief of patrol, John Shell. How are you?
2: Hello and welcome back. You have been a guest on our show and we hope you'll join us again, including today. You can jump in at any time if Commissioner Daughtry will let you.
3: <laughs> what a show. What a show. I what mean, a we got all stars
2: at the NYPD.
3: Kaz, uh, oh, Commissioner Daughtry, l- look, let, let me stop by saying this, Joan, and anyone listening. I, I know Commissioner Daughtry uh, for several years, and I gotta say, I, I gotta be honest, Commissioner Daughtry works his butt off. Uh, and he's someone as that is as committed to public safety as there is. And uh, he's always available. He's always willing to lend a hand. And to be quite frank, his work ethic is extraordinary. I was going to ask him, you know, uh, we're not going to ask him this, but I was going to ask him, does he ever sleep? Yeah. The guy's up, it seems like 24-7, but he's always available. But Commissioner Dorcher, if you could just start. Listen, I know what your role is. The listeners, I don't think Joan knows. What exactly, if you could just tell us or, or tell listeners what your role is in the Chief of Department's Office.
4: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be on the show. And, you know, like Chief Kemper says, it, sometimes it, feels, it does feel like I'm working 24-7 and I have to give a special shout-out to my wife for allowing me, you know, to continue in this new position. I know it's a big, big strain on, on our family, but listen, I'm committed to public safety. And I'm committed to public service, and this is something I I always you know dreamed of doing, it, and now I'm doing it. And my role, my my role is you know, summing up in in, in in one statement is to work to work with the chief of department to ensure that the mayor and the police commissioner's policing strategy and visions are implemented in the field
3: yeah and and that's like you know like so many things like it's multi multi yeah, that
2: sounds like a simple statement. It is not a simple statement, I'm sure there are many facets to the NYPD.
3: Yeah, and, and I could say, I could say this with firsthand knowledge. He's, he's in, he's involved in a lot. But, you know, Joan, like I was telling you before, you know, for as long as I know, uh, Commissioner Dortry, he's always been fascinated, uh, with, and he's a, such a strong proponent for, uh, with technology and advancing the NYPD and the technology. And, and Kaz, you clearly, you know, recognize the value of, uh, keeping up to date in technology when it comes to public safety, right?
4: Uh, absolutely. And I got a, a couple of interesting stories. You know how we're utilizing technology to apprehend bad guys in this city.
2: Oh, please, two share. At least one or two.
4: Absolutely. So let's 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 talk about what happened um, just the other day in Brooklyn. We had a horrific double murder, right? Father and son murdered in their East Flatbush uh, apartment hallway. A gunman opened fire on a father and son, shooting them multiple times, killing them. I believe the incident happened, uh, started over a neighbor dispute. We looked at all the video, and I, I can tell you it, this was an execution-style homicide. Chief Madry instructed his whole leadership team that we, we had to do everything at this case. Detectives identified and associated with the, the shooter a vehicle. They put a license plate alert on this vehicle. This system allows our ring of cameras... And license plate reader technology around the city to act as a force multiplier looking for this license plate right guess what they got a hit that morning just a few hours took them to get a hit.
2: Wow that's that's pretty amazing and you hear about this every day you hear about the fact that there's the video cameras all around you hear about how that helps prove or disprove what's going on is there any other technology that's really important well,
3: you know, hang on, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm laughing, I'm, I'm just thinking how, ma- how many people are, uh, uh, you know, against us advancing in technology. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing when this all leads to... Well, know, it leads to capturing someone yeah, who, who is, killed someone. is it's important for public safety, efficiently, effectively, quickly. And, you know, years ago, there was no
2: such thing as a cell phone. There were no computers. No. I mean, I now was, everyone's taking cell phone video of everything. Yeah. Commissioner, do you get pushback?
4: So let, let, let me just go back to the the, the incident where we talked about this, this this case. Like I said before, they put a the officers put a license plate alert, which is called a pass alert. Every police officer in this city has a department smartphone. As soon as they put that alert, that license plate number into that pass alert system, it, it, an email was generated to the investigators that were actually out there trying to you know sort the suspect, and immediately notified the officers inside of their patrol car that this car was wanted. For a homicide, so not only did this, the, the patrol officers have this individual at bay, the our regional regional fugitive task force team, which also got the same alert the officers did, were blocks away, responding to that responding to that to that location where the last license plate alert was at, to go in there and to uh, go help apprehend this individual.
2: So that was pretty fast. How fast would you say that is compared to other incidents?
4: Forty-five seconds
2: to about about a minute and a half wow that is unbelievable that is really unbelievable so and i know you have a lot of other technology now this is a very specific case and i saw that and i saw what happened and i know it was the neighbor was complaining about noise and that was how this whole incident escalated which is just absolutely insane to me but what about other technologies i've heard of the use of drones and things like that—is that something? And I, of course, know in Times Square there's a new robot, K5. Is that anything that you're working directly with?
4: A- absolutely. So let's talk about let's talk about what's going on right now. You know, new York City has been the home to some of the largest demonstrations of protest in our nation's history. Right? We can all say that. Um, this agency, the NYPD, has always been committed to up you know upholding people's right to protest. We also utilize drone technology for protest. Specifically, the drone technology in this department has been a game changer. Right? You ask yourself, what, is, what, what do I mean by that? Protests are often large, with thousands of people. They are the, the protesters are on the move. We usually we usually don't know which way they are going. The drones have the ability to adapt to all of these type of conditions. Correct? Right? Yes. Our leadership. And can go live on their department iPhone iPad their desktop computer and they can see the front of the protest they can see the rear of the protest also the incident commander that's in charge of that particular protest can also watch in real-time what is going on wow. this allows us to move our resources quickly but keep in mind that the NYPD is all uh, is all often uh, holding up traffic adjacent streets where protesters are on the move. Let's think about this. I would join operations center where this video is being streamed that also, if there's an emergency vehicle, whether it be a fire truck, an ambulance, that is heading down um, a street where protesters are coming, at, coming down, our drones will be able to notify that respective agencies dispatch to let them know don't take that route because you're going to get stuck in traffic.
2: I love hearing the positive use of drones, not just taking pictures or video, you know, for fun, but for real technology and, to be used for crime. Yeah, I love it. And, and listen, he's th- this,
3: look, th- the use of drones, this is the future. It's not even the future. It's here right now. I, I think we all recognize that and we see that. But it's so much more than, uh, you know, uh, fighting crime, if you will. I mean, we're using drones under Commissioner Daughtry's uh, direction uh, to fight subway surfing. Wow. Uh, and and we have Joan you Kaz, um I mean we only have like a minute left, right, Joan? I think Yeah, have we have a minute? A one
2: minute left and I do have one question that's okay. a little personal, but you yeah. ask you do what you would just do. Joan, it's all yours. <laughs> I wanna know what your day is like. What is a day in your life like and how has it changed since you got this new position?
4: Okay, good, good, good question. My day starts every morning at 6.30 in the morning. I wake up at 6.30 in the morning before my kids get up. I read the reports of the night the night prior of all the incidents that happened throughout the city. Immediately, I get the police commissioner, the first deputy commissioner, chief patrol, and the chief of department on the line, and, and I literally go over it the, the incidents that, that occurred throughout the night and that they need to know about for the next morning. That's just the first part of my day. There, There is so many other things that I do throughout the day that we don't have enough time, Joe, to, to talk
2: about it. No, we're going to have to have you back on the show. And I know C- Chief Kemper had one more question. What was your question? No, we, we will talk about it. I, do, I know we have a, just a few seconds. We have K-5. a few minutes left. Yeah, we, not even a few minutes, a few seconds left. I don't want to not have you back on. I want to have you back on so that we can expand on this and have you for a longer period of time where you can really talk about the ins and outs of just, what you do. I'm just curious. Does the Chief of Patrol have anything to add? No,
4: I think you guys sound great today. You know what? The uh, Let me do that one thing, Jonas. This, so, I mean, listen, I, I got to come back on the show because when, when she came to call me to come on, I wrote down a bunch of things on, the, on a napkin here. Uh, just, we're, we're, I want to talk about GLAs, how we utilize the technology to, to help combat. So that. All right,
2: I'm booking you okay. right now for next week. Okay, book me. I'm <laughs> booking <laughs> you right now. I'm going to get your
3: phone number listen, directly. Joan, your head will spin. If I you want saw- it to spin. You're if, getting a whole show. Listen, if you saw his life and followed his day, your head would spin. Trust me on that, and I'm being sincere.
2: Uh, it, is, it is such an honor. First of all, it was an honor to meet you, and it's been an honor to have you. Assistant Commissioner and Chief of Staff to the Chief of Department, Kaz Daughtry, congratulations. Thank you for joining our show. We will be right back after this break.
9: your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691.
7: Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue on 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer.
2: Leave it to Matt Zambolino for having the DJ music. I wow. try, I try, You did well today. You I really try. did. I hope Keith Kemper is liking our music I'm today. Laughing, I'm I'm laughing. wearing my Rolling Stones t-shirt just in case to keep it Rolling Stones. Well, as you can tell, this is not Arthur Idala, but it's Joan Pelzer sitting in Arthur's seat. And right next to me is my guest co-host today, Chief of Transit NYPD Chief Michael Kemper. Welcome back again. John, thank you. I love so having much. you here. And of course we have Sam in the house. Hey, hey. And where's Alex? He's running around. I got him busy around. doing other stuff. Rolling around. Well, right now we are gonna lighten up a little bit, but not really, because it's uh, it could be a bit of a roar or a bark at some times. We are going to welcome and thanks to Chief Kemper, we are welcoming to the show Lieutenant John Pappas, canine commanding officer of of the NYPD Transit Bureau Canine Unit. Welcome to the show, Lieutenant Pappas.
1: Thank you very much, Joan. Thank you for having us, and, and Chief, thank you.
3: Now, my pleasure. And, and, and Joan, I was I was telling Joan before, John, that uh, this is a perfect opportunity to have you on. So first of all, anyone listening, uh, Lieutenant Pappas is a 26-year veteran of the NYPD, uh, he was appointed in 1997 and, uh, he's been the CEO of the Transit K-9 Unit for, uh, what is it, almost 18 years now, John? Are you, I think you created years, the unit, sir, right? Yes. Which we'll talk about. I did. And, wow. you know, talk about just a, a true professional and an expert, an absolute expert on all things K-9 and law, law enforcement. Uh, it's, it's Lieutenant Poppas and, uh, Lieutenant Pappas announced his retirement, uh, and he's going to be uh, retiring at the end of the month. So we have maybe two or three more weeks with Lieutenant Pappas. Wow! So great opportunity to thank him and recognize
1: him. And, uh, well
2: we're going to have to get you on more than once before you leave.
1: <laughs> thank you, Chief. Your well, words humble me.
2: It, it is such an honor to have you on. So I want to first and foremost. So you started the K-9 unit. How?
1: So, um yes, back in uh, 2005, when I got promoted to Lieutenant, I was already a sergeant in the Transit Bureau, and the then commission the then uh, Chief of Transit, which was at, uh chief Hall at the time, um, tapped me to create a brand new specialized unit to police mass transit. So um, when I got promoted to Lieutenant, that was my first, and it has been my entire assignment in the rank of lieutenant to be the commanding o- the creator and the commanding <laughs> officer of what i call the created the greatest canine unit in the united states right now
2: and is it the largest
1: so we are the largest of the mypd's canine units um we, we hover at about 54 to 55 people which is the largest canine unit ever in the history of the police department as well um all we have over 145 dogs. and it is one team one fight i, I don't want the audience to think that you know we're scattered to the land. it is not that it, it's not that at all it's just we have specific missions and um that's why we're, why we have all these units
2: okay and there's different canine dogs there's different areas of specialty do you cover multiple areas or is there one particular area i know we have different dogs that do different things like drug sniffing bomb sniffing do you have all those dogs under you so, uh, yes,
1: there are different areas. Uh, we don't do anything narcotics-related in this unit. The The core mission of the Transit Bureau Canine Unit is counterterrorism. It's to prevent another September 11th or to deter another and to respond to another uh, 9-11-style uh, terrorist attack. And that's what we specialize in. So our, our baseline is explosives detection dogs, and then we have three advanced schools that are handler's May be selected to go on to um, after they prove themselves in their in their base capacity as an explosive detection canine handler. Wow! and, yeah, what, and, and
3: yeah. do you have dogs that do you know just patrol also,
1: right? Uh, we, yes, we do. So we have one of our advanced schools is uh, multi-purpose dogs, as we call them, where the dogs are explosives dogs, tracking and trailing dogs, um, dogs that can do criminal apprehension, in essence, bite work, evidence recovery. Um, Uh, area searches, that is our multi-purpose. That's one of our advanced schools. We have dual-purpose dogs that are explosives and tracking. Um, We also have a program that I created, I invented called the TREAD program. It stands for Transit Enhanced Mm -hmm. Detection Dog. It's basically an advanced program where we put... uh, um, electronic sensors on the dog's back that can enhance what the dog what the canine team can detect uh, above and beyond traditional explosives to unconventional explosives Um, and uh, we also have passenger screening canines dogs that can search human beings for explosive odor such as suicide bombers Wow
3: yeah and and, you know it's intense it is intense and and I said it before and I mean this Uh, you know this is gonna be a big big loss uh, to the NYPD and, and the Transit Bureau with uh, Lieutenant Pappas's uh, retirement, but you know he 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 certainly earned it. And uh, whoever takes his job, uh, and we look, we have a deep bench. We're, we're gonna be we're gonna be fine. But whoever takes his job certainly has big shoes to fill. But uh, Lieutenant Pappas, John, talk about the process. How, how do we how do you even find these dogs? Like what qualities
2: are you looking for? How yeah, old and, are these and dogs? What kinds of dogs yeah. do you actually use? Sure.
1: Um, so we use different dogs for different missions. Uh, the vast majority of our dogs in the NYPD in general and specific to my unit are either German Shepherds, Belgian Malinois, Dutch Shepherds, or a hybrid. They've been mixing the breeds to get better health out of them. We, in addition to that, we also have Labradors. Uh, we have um, German Short Hair Pointers, Springer Spaniels. These are all breeds that I introduced over the last 18 years, not the German Shepherds, but some of the other ones. Um, And we try to find the right dog for the right mission. The process for selecting the dog is is very intense. We um, travel out to wherever the vendor is. Uh, We have a good vendor on the Pennsylvania-Ohio border that we use, Shallow Creek Channel. And we'll travel there because... First off, we get first crack at whatever dogs he brings in because we, we buy in such volume. So he tells us when he's going to be importing dogs from Europe. And then when we get there, it's three intense days of selection that the canine instructors go there to do. So they want to pick a dog that's confident. Um, a dog that's not too much dog for the handler that's going to be assigned that dog. Mm-hmm. Um, we want a dog that can be confident yet, yet social with people because Remember, our dogs are in disease the they're, they're in, in America. Transit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, so and we have about we have about a minute or so left, and I wa- yeah. I definitely want to have you on again once more to go a little bit deeper into what you do and how folks how you help folks. But I wanted to know: Do you work with any other units around the country or around the city?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we work. Well, I help the fire department start their unit. I help the counterterrorism uh, CRC canine 9 start theirs. Um, And we work with the MTA police, Port Authority police, Amtrak police regionally. Um, We also work with other agencies, and I have a good rapport with the Israeli K9 unit, uh, the National Police, uh, the Metropolitan K9 unit, the British Transport Police, Dubai, Spain, Greece, Vancouver Transit, Vancouver Transit. We have a great rapport. We exchange instructors and we do training, joint training together, even on the other side of the continent. All these trainings that we do with all these national, regional and international units help make us much, much stronger because we share ideas because the problems are the same. The counterterrorism problems are the same, whether they're here, obviously, Israel, London, uh, Vancouver, and especially uh, our home base here in New York City with the busiest mass transit system.
2: John, John we have a few seconds left. Do you have any other questions? No, I just want to end it. Listen
3: again, John, uh, my sincere... Uh, thanks. I know I can speak for the uh, entire NYPD in thanking you, uh, for the last 26 years of your life, your service. Uh, you, you, are, you're exceptional what you do and I wish you the best to you and your family, the best of
2: luck, uh, in your retirement. And thank you for joining she, thank us. Thank you very much. The Arthur Ijah Power you very Hour. Much. We are so honored to have all of these uh different departments of the NYPD. Thank you so much to Chief Kemper for putting this show together with me and being my amazing guest co-host oh. today and I hope you'll come on again with our other guests and this has been a Transit Thursday. He has to come, on, again. <laughs> has it's to great come on Every week we have to have a Transit Thursday, but this was a really special Transit Thursday and it was a focus on the NYPD and I'm so incredibly grateful. Thank you so much. I'm going to take over every every Thursday. Did I say Wednesday?
6: <laughs> no, you said
2: Thursday. I said Thursday. I'm going to take yeah. over every Thursday. Joan, thank you and thank Arthur for this opportunity. Thank you so much. Matt, what are you taking us out with? I'm taking our little BC boys, There course. we go. Well, of course, denied. in Listen, honor of the Aladdin chief. knows. I'm gonna, let me hear the song. <laughs> Let's hear it. Here we go. Thank you, everyone. Have a great <laughs> Thursday evening. Oh,
1: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna & Cammons, PC.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's